everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey guys, today we are getting back into our chronological journey into the life of David at this point. We are looking at two different books today. We'll be in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 1 through 10, actually not even a whole chapter. And then we will be moving into 1 Chronicles chapters 11 and 12. So today it's kind of interesting because the first reading is like this super shortened, like actually my part of the reading, (laughs) very short uh, version of the same story that we will hear again, uh, much more drawn out and detailed in the two chapters in Chronicles. So what do you think about all that we've read today? Uh, my first terrible confession is I'm very excited to be back uh, into narrative. Yep. I, think, I think we share that. I, I did actually, I, I always grow to enjoy the Psalms more the more I read them. So probably I should yeah. pay attention to that. But. I think, and I came into this too, like, oh, I love the Psalms. I love it. But actually, when you when you take the time to actually read them, like, over and over and over again, you realize the repetitive nature. And it's actually kind of like, oh, man. <laughs> Same thing. We get it. God uh-huh. is great. No, that that is actually terrible. Um, I just don't resonate with them as well. But yeah. we are back in the story. Uh, we to just catch you up. So I know we've picked up uh, quite a few new folks lately. Um, we have talked at length about Saul being king. Mm-hmm. Saul kind of pursuing David for a long time. David has this incredible faith. Uh, in God's plan and God's action. Not only does he believe in God, he trusts that God will act on his behalf. And so David is in all these situations where he could take over the kingdom for himself, Mm -hmm. but he refuses to. And so now we've seen recently uh, Saul died in battle. Uh, His entire family died in battle. There was kind of like a civil war in Israel of sorts where Saul's uh, descendants were trying to kind of run a parallel kingdom. David was trying to run a parallel kingdom. But he had all the rights to do it, too, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, we actually talked about how uh, that's what happens when you choose to follow people instead of God. Like, yeah. I just mean, like, David was already, like, he was king. He was king the whole time. He was king the whole time. But there was still, like, all these hanging threads. And and people got hurt and people died um, because they were not under God's leadership. They were under all these warring Mm -hmm, kings mm -hmm. and politicians and those kinds of things. Not that there's anything like that today that would be comparable. Uh, <laughs> but it's cool, though, because now we're actually seeing, like, David take on the actual role in correct. in a way that, like, it's it's known and people see it. He's anointed. Like, the tribes are in full support. So much so that it describes the tribes as uh, your bone and flesh, meaning that... They recognize each other as families, whereas before there was like a little bit of tension within yeah. the tribe, so yeah. much so that Judah's kind of like, tribe of Judah's just doing their own thing. Yeah. <laughs> and in this instance, they all come together to rally behind the king. So that's actually the first interesting thing to me is that it seems to me that David's resistance to take things into his own hands leads to this pretty incredible alignment of God's people Perhaps in a way that wouldn't have been possible had David just killed Saul in the cave or had David mm-hmm. stabbed him through with a spear when they snuck on him, snuck up on him at the campfire. Mm-hmm. Um, David, I mean, I almost said David doesn't have blood on his hands. He definitely does. David has <laughs> killed a lot of people. But David is not someone who has murdered 
his opposing king. Mm -hmm. And because of that, God is able to pull these things together. And I don't know. All I know is what's in the text. And the kingdom comes together relatively, relatively at ease. And people are ready to follow David. I'm sure there's resistance. I'm sure there are people that are not totally into it. But isn't there something to be said, though, too, about the fact that, like, Saul knew that he... Well, because Samuel, he came back and was like, yeah, Saul, it's not you anymore. Yeah, Saul, like, it's not Saul you. Saul goes crazy. So isn't there something interesting to be said about how the like the tribes separated and they're, like, fighting each other? They're all over the place because they're still following a king who's not actually king? Uh, isn't there something to be said about that? It's so applicable to any kind of, any kind of leadership scenario mm-hmm. um, where there's bad leadership. There's tension everywhere there's people don't know what to do they're not sure where to go they're not sure who to serve we see that happening in the kingdom we'll see that also under david eventually uh, but one of the things that is mentioned it's mentioned in second samuel and in first chronicles 11 uh, verse 9 first chronicles 11 verse 9 and david became greater and greater for the lord of hosts was with him mm-hmm. that should strike you as like oh that is so different than what we've been hearing well, yeah, because Saul was, like, summoning the dead. He was, yeah. like, doing... And, like, again, the anointing did not rest on him anymore. It was on David the whole time. So, like, I think that speaks volumes as well. So, like, obviously, the person who the Lord chooses, that's where, hopefully, yeah. the people are going to go. And they were probably very confused under Saul. So, God blesses the fact that David is faithful. Yeah. God blesses the fact that David is obedient. And because of that, because that leader is obeying God's lead, the nation benefits. The The people are not fighting each other, for the most part. <laughs> um, like I said, like, there's probably a lot here that, you know, there's a whole kingdom, and there's politics, and there's power, and all those kinds of things. We don't know exactly what it was like. But the text in 2 Samuel and in 1 Chronicles makes it seem like it came together pretty easily and the people are pretty happy and immediately david goes to take over jerusalem Mm -hmm. so he gathers up an army he goes into jerusalem he takes it over for himself and he builds the city of david it's actually still there you can still go visit it today the city of david is just kind of off the side of the temple mount in jerusalem and you can see it so can you help me understand something a little bit before you keep moving on with that so in the little section that I read, it was kind of like this awkward little, like, like writ, I don't know, like a little fight between David and, um, what was it, the Jebusites who were in Jerusalem? Yeah, they, they should have been driven out, but they were not. Okay, but it says, the inhabitants of the land, the Jebusites, said to David, you will not come here, but the blind and the lame will ward you off. Yeah. I don't understand that, like... They're they're just, just like an they're old basically threat? calling him weak. Okay. It's it's like when the when the little kid comes up to bat and you tell the outfield to move up. Okay. It's that like makes sense, listen, guy, get out of here. Um, but they they take it over handily and the they rule from there, you know, for the rest of history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so that part just struck me. I was like, what? I don't understand. Like it just feels like weird old school like trash talking so we also today this is kind of funny but we rewatched avengers endgame recently oh my word <laughs> and this is so You're cheesy like reliving the and glory so bad when marvel uh, back when good. marvel movies were fantastic um there there's there's this 
the scene where like all the this is so lame all the heroes everybody come comes together. out of the portals everybody gets unsnapped they all come back together and captain america finally says avengers assemble and you can watch she the, whispers it it was lame i didn't like that <laughs> you can watch the crowd reactions theaters went insane because it was like everybody had waited for that moment uh we basically get david's avengers known as his mighty men and they are like they're they're literally like superhero proportions. I don't even know that that was a good plug. You oh just come on, that was talk, good. You just wanted to talk about it. That was good. Get out of here. <laughs> it's not like they're coming back from like the. They were not snapped out of existence. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but basically, like we get the description of David's mighty men, and they are of like mythical proportions. Like what? Well, at least two of them are like they could fight off three hundred men on their own. Yes. Uh, one guy. Like, killed this Egyptian giant who had a spear that was as heavy as a weaver's beam, where we heard that before, David and Goliath. Um, so there's, like, David is leading an incredible army with incredibly strong men at the head of the army. Mm-hmm. There's, like, leaders of 30s, and then there's, like, this powerful three. Uh, so the Avengers of David assemble, finally. But there is one thing I want to highlight. Um, chapter 12, verse 32 of Issachar these are like it's listing off like who the soldiers are and how many there are and how they're serving David. Issachar sent men who had understanding of the times and knew what Israel should do. Two hundred chiefs and their kinsmen under their command. I think that is like that's a pretty incredible line. Like imagine if you were under leaders who understood the times and knew what they should do. That that to me, I read that and that seems like men of God, faithful men who are prepared to act on what God God has called them to do, and you can trust them to do it. I also think it's interesting, too, that, like, that specific tribe, it almost seems like those are where, like, the wise men are coming from, and then, like, others are, like, like the tribe of Judah, like, they're the fighters. So, like, there's, like, all these different pieces and, um, like, characteristics of each of these tribes that, like, Definitely counts on the other. Characteristics are really interesting because even Zebulun, it says, Zebulun sent 50,000 seasoned troops equipped for battle with all weapons of war to help David with singleness of purpose. Mm -hmm. Like they had one thing in mind, serving David Mm -hmm. well. David's one thing in mind was serving God well. So by extension, these men are concerned about serving God and only God. Yep. And so you do get kind of this, like, I, I don't think it's by accident. The Chronicler is trying to remind people of their history. You get this idea that the guy that wrote Chronicles is saying, like, man, good times returned to Israel because Israel was under leadership that feared the Lord mm-hmm. and honored the Lord and were concerned about the things the Lord was concerned about. And then it, it kind of ends the whole thing, the chapter 12. It just says there was joy in Israel again. And when have we heard that? Not for a long time. It's been time. a while. Mm-hmm. It has been a while. And I think that is the point of these narratives. We have been through very dark times. Remember, yeah. it wasn't that long ago at the end of Judges where there's a giant civil war. They almost wiped out the tribe of Benjamin. There were incredibly heinous things that were happening. Uh, it was dark. And so the chronicler is telling people like, hey, they stepped out of these dark times because they were under leaders who feared God. Mm-hmm. So today, as I'm reading over this text, I think that we desperately need exactly the same thing. Um, our, our culture is changing. Our context is changing. Uh, what the world needs is faithful people 
uh, who have singleness of purpose and understand the times and know what they ought to do. We are called by God to be missionaries to our culture, to represent him to our world. Um, I think it is, honestly, I think it is time that we hold fast to what God has called us to hold fast to. We serve him with singleness of purpose without any distractions, without anything drawing us away from him, representing God wholly and fully to a world that is increasingly more fallen, to be honest. Um, I don't know what that looks like in your communities, in your context. I just encourage you to serve God boldly uh, wherever he has placed you. Don't be ashamed of your faith. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Serve the Lord. Be obedient to him. Because what we have seen in this text is that when people serve the Lord, the people that are around them benefit. And I think that is what God is calling us to do. And whatever that looks like for you, I encourage you to step out in boldness and faith today with singleness of purpose, doing what the Lord has called you to do. So we'll be back again tomorrow. See you then. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing, uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. 2 Samuel 5 verses 1 through 10. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Behold, we are your bone and flesh. In times past, when Saul was king over us, it was you who led out and brought in Israel. And the Lord said to you, You shall be shepherd of my people Israel, and you shall be prince over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron. And King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 40 years. At Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And at Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah 33 years. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, who said to David, You will not come in here, but the blind and the lame will ward you off, thinking, David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. And David said on that day, Whoever would strike the Jebusites, let him get up the water shaft to attack the lame and the blind, who are hated by David's soul. Therefore it is said, The blind and the lame shall not come into the house. And David lived in the stronghold and called it the city of David. And David built the city all around from the Milo inward. And David became greater and greater for the Lord. The God of hosts was with him. First Chronicles chapter 11. Then all Israel gathered together to David at Hebron and said, Behold, we are your bone and flesh. In times past, even when Saul was king, it was you who led out and brought in Israel. And the Lord your God said to you, You shall be shepherd of my people Israel, and you shall be prince over my people Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord. And they anointed David king over Israel, according to the word of the Lord by Samuel. And David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, that is Jebus, where the Jebusites were, the inhabitants of the land. The inhabitants of Jebus said to David, You will not come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is the city of David. David said, Whoever strikes the Jebusites first shall be the chief and commander. And Joab, the son of Zeruiah, 
went up first, so he became the chief. And David lived in the stronghold, therefore it was called the city of David. And he built the city all around from Milo in complete circuit, and Joab repaired the rest of the city. And David became greater and greater, for the Lord of hosts was with him. Now these are the chiefs of David's mighty men, who gave him strong support in his kingdom, together with all Israel, to make him king, according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. This is an account of David's mighty men. Jashobim the Hakamite was a chief of these three. He wielded his spear against three hundred whom he killed at one time. And next to him among the three mighty men was Eleazar the son of Dodo the Ohoite. He was with David at Pashtamim, where the Philistines were gathered there for battle. There was a plot of ground full of barley, and the men fled from the Philistines. But he took his stand in the midst of the plot and defended it and killed the Philistines. And the Lord saved them by a great victory. Three of the thirty chief men went down to the rock to David at the cave of Agilom, where the army of the Philistines had encamped in the valley of Rephaim. David was then in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then at Bethlehem. And David said longingly, Oh, that someone would give me water to drink from the well of Bethlehem that is by the gate. Then the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water out of the well for Bethlehem that was at the gate and took it and brought it to David. But David would not drink it. He poured it out to the Lord, and he said, Far be it from me before my God that I should do this. Shall I drink the lifeblood of these men? For at the risk of their lives they brought it. Therefore he would not drink it. These things did the three mighty men. Now Abishai, the brother of Joab, was chief of the thirty, and he wielded his spear against three hundred men and killed them all and won a name beside the three. He was the most renowned of the thirty and became their commander, but he did not attain to the three. And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was a valiant man of Kaziel, a doer of great deeds. He struck down two heroes of Moab. He also went down and struck down a lion in a pit on a day when the snow had fallen. And he struck down an Egyptian, a man of great stature, five cubits tall. The Egyptian had in his hand a spear like a weaver's beam. But Benaiah went down to him with a staff and snatched the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. These things did Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and won a name beside the three mighty men. He was renowned among the thirty, but he did not attain to the three. And David set him over his bodyguard. The mighty men were Asahil, the brother of Joab, Elhanan, the son of Dodo of Bethlehem, Shamath of Herod, Helaz the Pelonite, Ira the son of Ikesh of Tekoa, Abiezar of Ananoth, Sebekai the Hushatite, Eli the Ahohite, Maharai of Nepatha, Helad the son of Bana of Nephthavah, Ithai the son of Ribai of Gibeah, and the people of Benjamin, Benaiah the Pirathon, Hurai the brooks of Gosh, Abiel the Abathite, Asmaveth of Bahanam, Elahaba the Shalbanite, Hashem the Gizanite, Jonathan the son of Shegi the Herorite, Ahiam the son of Sakar of Harite, Elphiel the son of Ur, Hefer the son of the Mechorite, Ahijah the Pelonite, Hezro of Carmel, Narai the son of Ezbi, Joel the brother of Nathan, Mibhar the son of Hagri, Zalak the Ammonite, Nehari of Beeroth, the armor-bearer of Joab the son of Zeruiah, Ira the Ithrite, Gareb the Ithrite, Uriah the Hittite, Zabad the son of Ahalah, Adoniah the son of Shiza the Reubenite, a leader of the Reubenites, and thirty with him, Hanan the son of Maka, 
and Jehoshaphat the Mithnite, Uzziah the Ashtharite, Shammah and Jael the sons of Hotham the Ararite, Jediel the son of Shimri, and Joah his brother the Tizite, Eliel the Mahavite, and Jerabai and Joshviah the sons of Elnam, and Ithmah the Moabite, Eliel and Obed, and Jasiel the Mesboite. Now these are the men who came to David at Ziklag, while he could not move about freely because Saul the son of Kish, and they were moving among the mighty men who helped him in the war. They were bowmen and could shoot arrows and sling stones with either the right or the left hand. They were Benjamites, Saul's kinsmen. The chief was Ahizer, then Joash, both sons of Shema and Gibeah, also Jeziel and Pelat, the sons of Asmaveth, Bacharah, Jehu, and Anahoth, Ismaiah of Gibeon, a mighty man among the thirty and a leader over the thirty, Jeremiah, Jahaziel, Jehonan, Josabad of Gedariah, Eluzai, Jeremoth, Bealiah, Shemariah, Shephaniah, the Herophite, Elkanah, Isahiah, Azarel, Jozer, and Joshubim, the Korahites, and Jola and Zebediah, the sons of Jerohim of Gedor. From the Gadites there went over to David at the stronghold in the wilderness mighty and experienced warriors, expert with the shield and spear, whose faces were like the faces of lions, and who were swift as gazelles upon the mountains. Azer the chief, Obadiah second, Eliab third, Mishmana fourth, Jeremiah fifth, Atai sixth, Eliel seventh, Johanan eighth, Elzabad ninth, Jeremiah tenth, Machbani eleventh. These Gadites were officers of the army. The least was a match for a hundred men, and the greatest for a thousand. These are the men who crossed the Jordan in the first month, when it was overflowing at all its banks, and put to flight all those in the valleys to the east and to the west. And some of the men of Benjamin and Judah came to the stronghold to David. David went out to meet them and said to them, If you have come to me in friendship to help me, my heart will be joined to you. But if you betray me to my adversaries, although there is no wrong in my hands, then may the God of our fathers see and rebuke you. Then the spirit clothed Amasai, the chief of the thirty, and he said, We are yours, O David, and with you, O son of Jesse. Peace, peace to you, and peace to your helpers, for your God helps you. Then David received them and made them officers of his troops. Some of the men of Manasseh deserted to David when he came with the Philistines for the battle against Saul. Yet he did not help them, for the rulers of the Philistines took counsel and sent him away, saying, At peril to our heads he will desert to his master Saul. As he went to Ziklag, these men of Manasseh deserted to him. Adna, Jozabad, Jadiel, Michael, Jozabad, Elihu, and Zelathai, chiefs of thousands in Manasseh. They helped David against the bands of raiders, for they were mighty men of valor and were commanders in the army. For from day to day men came to David to help him, until there was a great army like an army of God. These are the numbers of the divisions of the armed troops who came to David in Hebron to turn the kingdom of Saul over to him according to the word of the Lord. The men of Judah bearing shield and spear were 6,800 armed troops. Of the Simeonites, mighty men of valor for war, 7,100. Of the Levites, 4,600. The prince of Jehoiada, the house of Aaron, and with him 3,700. Zadok, a young man, mighty in valor, and twenty-two commanders from his own father's house. Of the Benjamites, the kingsmen of Saul, three thousand. 
of whom the majority had to that point kept their allegiance to the house of Saul. Of the Ephraimites, 20,800, mighty men of valor, famous men in their father's houses. Of the half-tribe of Manasseh, 18,000, who were expressly named to come and make David king. Of Issachar, men who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, 200 chiefs, and all their kinsmen under their command of Zebulun, 50,000 seasoned troops, equipped for battle with all the weapons of war, to help David with singleness of purpose. Of Naphtali, 1,000 commanders, of whom there were 37,000 men armed with shield and spear. Of the Danites, 28,600 men equipped for battle. Of Asher, 40,000 seasoned troops ready for battle. Of the Reubenites and Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh from beyond the Jordan, 120,000 men armed with all the weapons of war. All these men of war arrayed in battle order came to Hebron with a whole heart to make David king over all Israel. Likewise, all the rest of Israel were a single mind to make David king. And they were there with David for three days, eating and drinking. And their brothers made them a preparation for them. And also their relatives from as far as Issachar and Zebulun and Naphtali came bringing food on donkeys and on camels and on mules and on oxen, abundant provisions of flour, cakes of figs, clusters of raisins, and wine and oil, oxen and sheep, for there was joy in Israel. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.